Hello everyone, this is Aloe for the Soul. We're so glad that you're joining us tonight. We're going to be talking about a few things that are on our hearts, which is overused Christian phrases. A lot of times in the world, like the devil likes to change the word of God and like manipulate it to the way that he wants it. So there are a lot of things that he has manipulated to steal, kill, and destroy. Like through his lens, he has he's manipulated the word those words to through his lens to destroy people and to steal things from people and to kill people. So uh, there are three of them that I wanted to hit on that I think are really, really big. And then there's another one at the end that we're going to top it off with that is like, like everyone knows about this one. Okay. So the first one is achievements in life. So when you think of sports and you think of a Bible verse, what is the first Bible verse that comes to mind? Run the race. Run the race? Okay. For me, it's Philippians 4.13. All the athletes who are, like, if you look at any Instagram athlete that goes to a Christian school, it's, I can do, it's Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, okay. I see. But that's really not what it's about. It is more about, so at the time, Paul's in jail when he's writing this. So typically... You're not achieving anything when you're in jail. <laughs> um, so it's more about being set, like content with where you've been put. Mm-hmm. So where I am at right now, having contentment, like I am okay with where the Lord has me right now. Like this is okay. I want to grow. I want to go further. But if he, if it's not my time to do that yet, then I'm okay with that. Like it's finding that contentment. And so a lot of people, they're like, oh, yeah, this Bible verse is like, I can do things through Christ. It gives me strength. Like, he does. You can. But it's not, like, it's not a, uh, it's not a verse that is, like, you can, that necessarily makes you think that you can achieve anything. Hmm. So, um. So this you, is not about a verse of empowerment. This is a yeah. more of a surrounding context of I'm consenting to God's will. Yes. Wow. That's what it is. Interesting. But people take it out of context. If you look at Jesus, Jesus quoted a lot of scripture, but he quoted the scripture in ways that would glorify God, not in ways that would glorify the world, if you know what I mean. So like uh, one example I was reading about was Exodus Six. Jesus quotes something about marriage through Exodus 6. But Exodus 6 isn't even talking about marriage. Hmm. But the way that Jesus used it through the lens of I'm doing this, I'm saying this so that God's heart is seen, that's the way Jesus said it. He didn't say it. So like Satan, Satan quoted scripture when he was tempting Jesus. Right. But he was, do, he was quoting those things so that he could get Jesus to fall. Jesus was quoting scripture so that he could glorify God, so that he could glorify his heavenly father. That's what he was doing. So in when you quote scripture Mm -hmm. and you want to quote it, it's okay to quote it to glory to uh give glory to God. Like that's okay. Sure. But when you do it to kind of give yourself like a like an up on life then you're looking at it through the wrong lens. So if I were to tell someone like Andrew, if you're going through something really, really hard right now, and I'd be like, dude, just look at Philippians 4.13. You can do all things through Christ. That's like 
that is me trying to give glory to God because God has, God can give you strength to pull you out of anything. So, um, that would kind of be like where you can take the verse out of context to glorify God, if that makes sense. So although technically you're not using it in the right sense, it's still okay. Because it's you're still using okay it because you're using it for another purpose. I see. Okay. What do you think that would be a bad use of the first one of the Philippians four thirteen? Oh, um, just for like a, an example. Okay. Of like okay. If you're going, if you're going into a football game, uh-huh. for me, I play football, and you were like, okay, I want to do really well, so I'm going to be like. Jesus, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're doing it so you can get something out. You're saying that so you can get something out of it. I see. You're not saying that because you want to do things through Christ who gives you strength so that you can glorify him. You want it so that you can be glorified. Understand? I sure do. So Perfect. But it's also the posture of your heart that says it. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're actually saying that, like, Lord, I can do all things through you who gives me strength then it's like, okay, like you're believing that you can be successful in that football game and it doesn't matter if you get glory or not. Right. Okay. So that's like, that's a one right way to use it. And that's one wrong way to use it. There perfect. are wrong ways to use scripture. Sure. Um, But everything that scripture says is perfect. It yeah. is infallible. It's just the way that you use it can taint that. If you know what I mean? Um, Cause again, Satan quoted scripture doesn't make scripture evil it makes him evil so i want to clarify that another one is jeremiah 29:11 for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans for welfare or plans to prosper you and not for evil to give you future and hope so if you look at it and uh if you look at the verse it's actually not technically talking about prosperity almost it is talking about um god's plan for you god's plan not your plan god's plan and a lot of times god's plan isn't very comfortable so you're not very comfortable with it. Sometimes he calls you out of your comfort zone. Like, Hey Brian, go pray for that lady. Like, That's the plan I have for you. Yeah, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) So if you read it specifically, it says, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord declares Mm -hmm. God. God knows the plans that he has for you, not the plans that you have for him or that you have for you. Mm. It's the plans that God has for you. So it's realizing that, also, in the time that this was written, I did some research on this as well, uh, the Israelites were actually in a famine of some, or like, no, 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 they were working for like 70 years. And so the people that Jeremiah was writing to actually never saw any prosperity out of this. Wow. So it took some time, but in the end, they did prosper. Okay. So... Um, oh, that was when the like the Babylonians came. Yes, and took over. yes, okay. yes. That's it. Right. That is it. I didn't. Okay. I don't. I didn't remember the whole thing. Yeah. So the Babylonians had taken over, and they were laboring for seventy years, and a lot of that generation never saw the fruits of their labor. Yeah. Mm. But the generation after them did. Okay. So the Lord did fulfill his, did fulfill what he said, but he just didn't do it in the time that they wanted. Mm. He did it in the time that he wanted. 
So in a lot of times, like when people like put this as their life verse, it's like, are you understanding that you are saying that you are okay if it takes 80 years for you to be prosperous? That's a great question. Are you saying that it's that you're okay if it takes 20 years for you to get that job? Or like, this is like, I know I'm going to get this job because of Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, no, you don't. Yeah. Because that's what you want. So that's one thing that I've been learning a lot recently too, is like making sure the things that I desire are the things that God desires for me. Hmm. So this is one of those verses where it's like, make sure when you say that, like when you put this as your life verse, you understand that you are saying, okay, God, it's your will, not mine. It's your plans for me, not mine. Because nowhere in that verse does it say that your plans, that the Lord knows your plans for you. (laughs) It says the Lord knows his plans for you. And And if you are his child, they are plans for you to prosper and for you to succeed. Just probably not in the ways that you think. Yeah. So that's a huge one. Um, yeah, I. that's probably the best way, me personally, that I can explain it to you sure. guys in a shortened uh, way. I think a lot of Christians approach their walk with Christ like, okay, God, and they just kind of ex- extend their hand and say, okay, come over this way. Yeah. And they, and they carry him around like he's a balloon or something. I mean, when you walk the dog you walk the dog. The dog doesn't walk you. So you command it where to go. And that's kind of the position that we're supposed to have with him, that we understand that he's the one leading us. We have no part of it. We're simply following what he wants us to do. So this idea of, uh, I'm going to achieve what I want to achieve and God's going to bless it. Uh, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) How about we (laughs) ask him what he wants us to do and then he'll bless it. It's just way more simple and, and less complicated that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at it, so Christians are called to serve Christ. Yeah, servants, the servants of Christ, don't tell their master what to do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Brewers are so prone no, to no, do. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 naughty, naughty. <laughs> you don't do that. Jesus oh, tells behave. you what to do. Jesus is your guide, but he's a kind master. He's yeah. a merciful master. Mm-hmm. But he also, but we are also at the same time as children. Yeah. So it's like, it's like if you were to be a kid and your parents never asked you to do chores. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Like you wouldn't be learning responsibility. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be learning, learning responsibility. Anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can't look at it in the servant, the way his servant as like slaves. We're not slaves to him. Right. We're free in him. Sure. We just get to choose to serve him. Right. Because how how do you not serve your your king? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, like your dad is the king of the house, mm-hmm. so you do what he tells you to do because he owns the house. Right. So Jesus owns is such a Jesus doesn't he owns you because he purchased you with his blood. He purchased yeah. your sins with his blood, mm-hmm. but not in the way of like I own you. Do what I say or die. Right. Like, it's do what I say and live. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, and, and the great thing is that he always, if you envision it like a slave market, the people would buy other humans. Mm-hmm. But he was staying there instead saying, Do you want me to set you free? Yeah. And now we have the opportunity to go live with him 
and it, it's just such an, a beautiful twist uh, of this picture that I think so few people don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. There are so many comparisons that you can make. Sure, but understanding that like Jesus died so that you could be free. Yeah, and He is jealous for you, and He wants you. Because he has compassion and he loves you. The, if you look at the slave markets, it's like they didn't love those slaves. They just wanted them for their own personal desire. Yeah. Jesus wanted you because he loves you. Yeah. So And he bought you because he loves you. Mm-hmm. So that's a really, really big one. Yeah. And the last one that I wanted to talk about, me personally that I wanted to talk about, is Romans 8.28. Okay. Where it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And then, get this, when you read the next when you read the next portion of the verse, so basically Romans 8:28 through 29, it says something a little different that you probably don't want to hear in verse 29. I'll read it. So, Romans 8:28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be firstborn among many brothers. So Mm. when it says conformed to the image of his son, what did Jesus do on earth? He laid down his life for others. Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah, no. That's not easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> so <laughs> doesn't sound very comforting, no, does it? No, it does not. <laughs> it sounds more like you will have to give up everything you value and everything you want. Exactly. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you have to you have to realize as a Christian, you are not here to live your life. You are here to live the life that God has predestined. Before you were born, he knew what you were going to do. He knew what I was going to do. He knew that we were going to do this podcast. He knew that. So if you, that like that's, to me, that's mind boggling. I cannot like wrap my brain around that. Yeah. And so when this passage, a lot of people use this passage for comfort because it's like, God does things for our good. Yeah, he does. And sometimes it takes some suffering. Yeah. Look what happened to Jesus. Jesus spent 30 years in this life proclaiming a ministry of good news. What happened to him? He got killed for it. It took three days of suffering, 30 years of labor, hard work, dedication, three days for him to just die and rise again and then go to heaven three years later. (laughs) <laughs> that's not a life a lot of people want to live yeah. but when you read that it's telling us that you are put on this earth for a reason and sometimes life is going to hit you hard but in the end a testimony comes out of it if you choose to make a testimony out of it we have the choice we have the free will to say, okay, God, you've got my attention. Yeah. Okay, say, say our moms died in, mm-hmm. like, tomorrow. Someone killed them. Like the Amish story, the story of the Amish people. That's a terrible tragedy. That would be a terrible, terrible tragedy. Yeah. 
the way I respond, the way you respond matters. That's right. It does. Am I going to reject God and be like, oh, you don't want anything good for my life. You just took away my mom. Or are you going to accept that it hurts because it hurts? Don't think that it didn't hurt God to send his son to die. He knew before the world began he had to do that. So don't think that it was any harder on God to send his son to die on a cross because that was a brutal death. Yeah. So you you have to understand that Jesus had it a lot worse. Yeah, And I'm not saying, like, if you've experienced tragedy in your life, if, like, a loved one has died, I'm not saying your tragedy is any less. That's what I'm saying. But the way you respond, the way you say, okay, God, I'm seeking you for comfort. If this is a Mm -hmm. plan that you have for me, Mm -hmm. if this is, like, a wake-up call that I need, then wake me up. It matters how you respond. It matters how you respond. Mm -hmm. My football coach used to say this thing. E plus R equals O. Event plus your the event that happens plus your reaction equals the outcome. Mm. So the way so whatever event happens, the way you react determines your outcome. Wow, that's good. I like that a lot. So and for him it was like if you miss a tackle, are you gonna slam the ground <laughs> or are you gonna get up on the next play and make the next tackle? Right. Like your mindset matters, your heart matters. And if, and I'm not saying it's easy. That's not what I'm saying. This is a whole lot easier said than done. Yeah. Um, trust me, I lost my grandma, yeah. and that was hard because I didn't want her to go, but she did. And so, but learning, okay, this is a plan that you had for my family. So, it at it's gonna, in some way, shape, or form, it is going to turn out good. That's right. Not that Jesus or God did the bad thing, that killing them was his plan. Death did that. Mm -hmm. But he, out of that event, can turn it into something good. Watch The Shack, if you want to understand that. Watch The Shack. Great movie. That's wonderful, Brian. So those are the three things that I wanted to talk about. Andrew. Yeah. There's one last thing. Okay. That we need to talk about. Let's discuss. Do you it. want to tell us what it is? How about you lay it on us thick like butter? Lay on, on some French you bread. Thick like butter. Okay, I've got my knife. I've got my bread. Have you ever heard of the phrase "love yourself"? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Believe me, at Amazon, I hear it all the time. Yeah. So, what do you think the problem with that is? Oh, where do we begin? Um, well, I think that the main foundational problem is the fact that you are turning a pure thing which is intended for good which is loving yourself the reason it's good is because god formed you you were formed in you have the the breath of god inside of you and you have the person who says that has begun to twist that into something of pride and of self-care and it is all about yourself it is a selfish prideful motto that people are proclaiming and screaming (laughs) yes that is exactly right you nailed that right on the head so there's every like it's almost like every celebrity the undertaker love yourself boo huh i said we need the undertaker theme when he's like when he walks out (laughs) (laughs) but the nail in the coffin (laughs) that's funny (laughs) but it's like every celebrity is like love yourself like treat yourself be kind like yeah 
Be kind to yourself. Don't destroy your body. You ask like every interview with every supermodel. She's like, oh, well, what do you have to say to the people? Love, love yourself. yourself. World peace and no more hunger for anyone and love yourself. Namaste. <laughs> you get love. You get love. It's like Oprah. <laughs> Just love yourself. Love yeah. Love. <laughs> so <laughs> the reason why we want to talk about this is yep. because the devil has twisted that saying. Yes, it is. It is not wrong to love yourself. No. Because in the Bible, it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's right. Yeah. So that's treating others how you treat yourself. Sure. So the way, so the way you treat yourself matters. Mm-hmm. So Very if much. I treat myself like if I'm constantly putting bruises on my body and like constantly abusing my body for no apparent reason, that's not loving the body and the life that the Lord has given me. That's right. Because it's I'm, a gift. Yeah. If I'm constantly taking in alcohol and like drunkenness and like killing my organs that's not loving myself and taking care of my body mm-hmm. that's right I- inhaling toxicness like all forms of smoking that is not taking care of the body that is not loving myself that's right so the bible doesn't have to specifically say well you can't smoke weed you can't vape you can't smoke cigarettes like it doesn't have to specifically say that but the bible does say to take care of your body mm-hmm. because it is a temple unto the holy spirit that's right. Temples are usually pretty well kept. That's right. They're, it, they're it, valuable. Yeah, they're valuable. So your body is valuable. Mm-hmm. If your body is like a temple, then there are valuable things in a temple. Mm-hmm. There are valuable things inside of you. Your heart is valuable. Your lungs are valuable. Everything about your body is valuable down to the last hair on your head. That's right. It's the vehicle that God uses to reach people. Exactly. We are vessels. That's right. And if we are broken vessels, broken vessels don't work. That's right. So we're going to keep this short. We're going to keep this just explanation short and simple. Mm-hmm. Love yourself means taking care of your body, not spoiling your body and treating it like a bar mm-hmm. or a smoke shop. Yeah. It's not what it is. That's right. So the way the world looks at it as a prideful, self-arrogant type of phrase. Mm-hmm. Like, you look out for numero uno. Right. You and you only, because you're the only one that matters. Right. That is completely false. Exactly. You do matter, but you're not the only one that matters. Because if you matter, then your neighbor matters. Mm -hmm. Then your neighbor's neighbor matters. So it kind of contradicts itself in a way. Um, It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, it's It's like me telling you, go love yourself. And then me telling Aaron, hey, Aaron, go love yourself. Okay, who's number one? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There can only be one number one. That's right. Yeah, for sure. There's only one first place ever. Yeah. There are no ties for first place. There's always a tie breaker. Right. I'll tell you who's number one. God is number one. Mm. Always. Always. Jesus is number one. Not you. Joy, Jesus, others, yourself. You're like last. You're last on the totem pole. And that's okay. Right. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Mm. So we're just we're just spitting them out, that's man. Right. We're, we're, we're getting this. <laughs> this is great. Um, so seriously, though, it doesn't mean that you are numero uno. Mm-hmm. Loving yourself means you are numero zero. <laughs> <laughs> you matter. But you're not above anyone else. That's right. You treat everyone the same Mm -hmm. with the amount of love that Jesus treats you. 
I'm not saying it's easy. Again, so things these things are a lot easier said than done. Yeah. But at the same time, like even for me, this is applicable to me. This is applicable to you. This is applicable to anyone. Mm-hmm. Taking care of yourself and taking care of your body is very, very important. That's right. It, even the things you eat, Absolutely. that is not taking care and of your body. There's a major move for that right now in our culture that that's fine. It's yeah. not fine. It's, it's an okay. American thing. Like right. It is okay to consume lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of food mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah. That is not okay. It's not okay. That's not the way God has designed you. Right. That and is not normal. We want to we want to speak identity into you guys. Like this is not who you are. Mm-hmm. You do not have to like. You do not have to put yourself to a standard that society puts you at. Mm-hmm. You have to put yourself to the identity and the standard that God has you. That's right. So, that was one of the big things that we really really wanted to talk about. Shout out to Brittany Camstra for telling us to talk about it because it is a big topic. So, we want to thank you guys. We do not have any segments today. Sad. Big Red. Put in the... Uh, um, we are really disappointed about it, but we really wanted to like really focus on this podcast and make it good. And we're kind of on a time crunch right now. Sure. <laughs> uh, so we love you guys. Thank you for the support. Please, if you enjoy this episode, if you think somebody would like to hear this episode or think that it would be beneficial to them share it with them that's right and not in a way of like you need this because like you're wrong like you're (laughs) you're bad like you need a whole brain switch no no no. share this with them because hey this could be like really encouraging for you right now right so uh do that for us please we really really appreciate it uh the support is very much desired from you guys yes so we evaluate and we are very thankful for the opportunity for this this is very amazing we are Mm. that is it for this episode of Alfred's Soul thank you for liking and listening I'm Brian peace peace